Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. Today, I'm joined by Kevin Terrell Hurd, president of the Detroit Regional LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Born in Detroit, Michigan, Kevin is a 2010 graduate of Clark Atlanta University, where he majored in mass media arts with a concentration in public relations. In 2018, he received his MBA from Walsh College in Troy, Michigan. His parents encouraged Kevin to keep his head held high and his eye on the prize. He lives by the quote, You are greatest when everything before you is obsolete and everything after bears your mark. Kevin's strong work ethic and spirituality keep him moving because, he says, success is not standing still. In 2013, Kevin founded the Detroit Regional LGBT Chamber of Commerce. As president, he secured a $10,000 grant from the Community Foundation of Southeast Michigan Hope Fund and an additional $2,500 from Wells Fargo Rainbow Supplier Program. That increased membership and engagement with over 50 companies. Currently, the chamber has grown to have nine corporate partners and over 70 members. In May 2017, he was honored as one of Crane's Detroit 20 in their 20s for his work with the Detroit Regional LGBT Chamber of Commerce and lead of Pride Forward USA Today Network LGBTQ Employee Resource Group. In partnership with the Detroit Regional LGBT Chamber of Commerce, Ford Globe is hosting their 25th anniversary dinner on Thursday, June 6th. 2019 at the Dearborn Inn. Ford Globe is an employee resource group within Ford Motor Company for its LGBTQ and ally employees. The night will feature keynote speaker Wade Davis, an activist, writer, educator, and former professional football player who came out in 2012 publicly speaking about what it was like to be closeted and gay in the NFL. No one will ever accuse Kevin Terrell Hurd as standing still, and clearly everything he touches will definitely bear his mark. Kevin, welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. How are you today? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing good. So, you know, it's 
I remember, you know, and I, I couldn't tell you exactly when I remember meeting you, but I know that it involved Jan Stevenson. But I also <laughs> remember, you know, this great energy that you always have every time I see you. And that comes from prayer. I mean, what's the influence? And, and I see, you, you know, I mentioned about how your parents talked to you, but that energy that you put out, that, that inclusiveness that everyone who meets you has, is that like something that's ingrained in you from how you were raised? Well, I do remember exactly where I met you. Uh, we met at Spring Bash. I sat right next to you. Um, it was for the Affirmations Dinner. And I, going to the part of that energy, I, I think there's a moment in time where I felt like I was inadequate, hmm. that I wasn't, I wasn't good enough. Um, but then walking into rooms where I feel as though I know what I know, um, I know that the people there in those rooms are to support me, to help me, to want to motivate me and motivate our community, that is, I guess, that just, I just feed off that energy. So mm-hmm. it's not just me walking into the room and being a breath of fresh air, as you would say, but I feed off of other people's energy that's in that room. And if I feel anyone that's down in that room or around me, I try to perk them up by exerting more energy, more light into a situation. And it was that that's that's how I was raised. Um, that's what my parents always taught me. My mom told me never to hang my head, to always uh, hang up your head and face uh, adversity head on, uh, face criticism head on. Um, she knew at a very young age that I was probably going to be growing up to be gay. Um, so she always told me to be confident. And, you know, it's not teasing if it's true. Mm. So once um, I was being teased for being, quote, unquote, gay, but once I said, yeah, I'm gay and, then that's when the bullying kind of stopped because I, mm-hmm. I took their power from them. Um, and so me walking into rooms knowing who I am um, took a long time, but that's, I guess that's the energy that you see. And, you know, and, and the other thing that I know and I always ask about is your sister. I mean, you know, like I said, there's a strong family bond. And, you know, <laughs> when you said how your mother, you know, recognized it, and, and you see that because it's sort of like, you know, this is your sister. You two are here. You're having a good time. It's not like, oh, you know, she doesn't. She doesn't look like she's been dragged there. It's like <laughs> she's hanging out with her brother, and that is, I think, what every LGBT person wishes that they ha- that kind of relationship. You know, mm-hmm. with, your, with your biological family. Um, yeah. Interesting enough, with my sister, we have different mothers, and we did not grow up in the same home. So. Um, our personality most likely comes from our sharing of our father uh, because he's very lighthearted. He's very, mm-hmm. uh, he's very much a people person. Uh, so we share that um, energy not only because, you know, we share the same father, but we also 
went to the same school. You know, Cast Tech does do something different when it comes to trying to meet other people and that energy, that professionalism that that high school gives uh, and ingrains in their students. So that's something that my sister and I share, and we always make the joke of, um, yeah, I'm going to invite you to my dinner because you're one of the few siblings that won't embarrass me. <laughs> but uh, I can take any of my siblings anywhere, and they um, they won't embarrass me. But she's the most successful. She's she is amazing. She works at a, a local bank here. Uh, she is a treasury officer, so she does she she knows several people within the room as well. So it's she's a great great uh, tag team or a great uh, plus one, and I'm a plus one to her events as well. So we have uh-huh. that same energy. We were just hanging out at the Pistons game yesterday. Well, well we were just hanging out at the Pistons game uh, the other day uh, for the playoffs. So, yeah, we, we, we are really close in that sense, and the closest ones in age as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm not surprised. Being a Cast Tech alumni, I know. Now, now it's all crystal clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but you know what? It's funny that um, once I ran into someone who had been one of my teachers, and she's involved, and she said, you know what? How many people who she meets who were in different classes and stuff there, she said, are engaged in some type of social justice or doing things. And she said, you know, she said, so I'm not surprised to see you doing this. And so, you know, I think that it, it must be, have been something in the water there at CAS. You know, it had to be. It had to be. <laughs> yeah, the other day I was talking with someone, and, you know, and you are one of the people who I thought of. You were recognized as being, you know, 20 under 20 or 20 at 20 in their 20s. And I was talking to someone, and they were just like, she was like, well, you know, anybody who's under 40, you know, I don't even bother, bother with them because they just don't get it. And I'm going like, well, wait, 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 wait. You can't, you know, wipe people off like that. You know, I know a lot of people who are under 40 who do get it and are doing incredible, amazing things. Do you ever get that, though, that when you come in, that people sort of look at you like, you know, well, what do you know? What can you bring to the table? Yeah, you know, uh, I do get that a lot. My young, me being, I guess, youthful in my 31 years of age as of now, um, I do get the look down upon or the what can you actually bring to this, you know, organization? What do you know about doing this type of work? Um, but then, you know, I share what I've done with the chamber, and they're like, oh, okay, you, you, you are a professional. You, you have some type of accomplishment um, behind your name. But that just goes to show people not understanding um, and not truly, they, they hear all the statistics about millennials wanting to take three-hour breaks or lunches and go play volleyball and do all this, and they want a foosball table in their lunchroom and all this, you know, fun stuff. But really, it's 
it's just a different way that we, we operate as, as being a millennial. You know, I don't believe in, you know, back in the day it was wake up, 7.30, get to work at 9, clock out at 5, and you leave all your work there at work. No. I, and like I, I said earlier, it was just leaving a work event. Um, and I believe in working 24 hours a day. Yeah, of course, I will be going and taking lunch here and, and, and going to a networking event there. And, and then I'll sit down at a coffee shop somewhere and work for five hours straight without leaving my computer. Um, so, you know, we millennials believe in working at their own pace, but they are very still deadline-oriented. We understand mm-hmm. that, you know, work really never stops. And, you know, that's because life never really stops. And if there is mm-hmm. an issue brewing at work, we're willing to take it on and deal with it, regardless of what time of day it happens. Uh, so, like, even at the event, there was another thing that was happening at work um, that I couldn't do uh, or I couldn't get fixed um, because of the limitations of technology. Uh, but I did get it fixed. I was able mm-hmm. to contact a client to send over something. And it was just like, you know, we are solution-driven. That's what millennials are. It's like, okay, well, this is not working. How can we fix it? And we fix it. And so when people say, hey, you millennials or you young people, you don't know what you're doing, it's just like you don't know what we're doing because you don't know our method uh-huh. of doing it. Because, uh-huh. you know, like to me, that's why, you know, I get it. To me, and, and you almost want to turn around and say, well, why don't you get it? You know, why don't don't you want to live like this? And I have some people who talk about doing work where they who who don't put people in those silos, who kind of get it, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, I kind of like that. How you know? Do you find that as people get to know you and to see that, you know, you don't have to be the poster child for all millennials, but I you know, but do you find that maybe you're opening the door to some people to? Particularly because I see the groups that you work in. And uh, for some of them, do you think that you're sort of like opening the door for them to sort of say like, hmm, you know, let me take another look at at these quote-unquote millennials because Kevin's okay. (laughs) Kevin's getting it done. Uh, What I would say to that is I'm giving a different perspective for a lot of people to – you know, I'm just growing into my own professional lifestyle and my professional life. And I'm giving people the opportunity to say, Kevin or the chamber is actually doing things in the city to help other small businesses. Um, one of the things that, and just going to the chamber instead of going to the chamber for a second, I think one of the things that was, that was missing in the LGBT community in Metro Detroit was a business voice. And when I moved back here in 2012 and founded the Chamber in 2013, along with Pamela Alexander um, and Ramon Harris and um, London Bell uh, and Thomas McFadden, when we founded the Chamber, um, we noticed that that was missing. We noticed that there was no one advocating for LGBT businesses because what we think about LGBT-owned businesses are bars, 
and flower shops and mm. and you know in the more so brick and mortar type of spaces. They don't believe in realtors or carpenters or um, or drywall installers or IT firms or law firms that are LGBT ran. Like people think about the foo fun stuff. Yes, we have those, and yes, they're very important, and yes, they are still valid businesses. But we have other businesses that are more so B2B that people don't understand or see or, in, or even inquire about the sexual orientation of the owner because they're so interesting and they're so, they're so how can I say this, heteronormative. Mm-hmm. You will mm-hmm. automatically think that a furniture supply company or a automotive supply company is ran by someone of the majority sexual orientation. But that's not the case. It's definitely not the case. So what the reason so what we did as the chamber was we we figured out that there were businesses in this area um, that were more so B to D and we needed to amplify their voices. We needed to make sure that they understand that there are certifications available, that there are trainings available, there are resources available to you, and just because you are a minority class, because we don't have the Equality Act passed, then you still, that owner still may be discriminated against and not may be given a loan based on their sort of sexual orientation. Um, they you know, and then you have the whole other layer of intersectionality of being a black lesbian woman. I mean, that's three strikes against a person mm-hmm. at, at that moment. And so we need to hone in on the resources that will help all three of her or their identities. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting just to just to hear when people say, well, well Kevin, the chamber is doing something different. And when regular chambers have been doing this work for years, but we are specifically focused on the minority demographic of the LGBT community, which is the most diverse community in the entire world. Well, you know, isn't that part of, in some ways to me, it's like part of the evolution. I mean, because you often have found, because not only did you did, did people think that, um, that yeah, yeah, we would have to have, you know, the clubs and flower shops, but the organizations, the agencies were like to provide programming for us, you know, and to do that. What you often see with with many minority populations that first people want, you know, we have to just come and do for you. You know, we have to we have to give you job training. We have to do all that. Where like you said, you know, we are entrepreneurs. We're able to do that. But often when people, I know people, when they think of, you said, well, do you support this or that? Uh, you know, what do you do as far as in the community? Oh, and the other part is political. So if they're not political, then it's like, well, sometimes I go to the clubs, but I don't go there because I don't need what they're having. So isn't this like to recognize that we have these skills, these talents, these abilities and hone in on that and to amplify them. Isn't that part of the evolution of our community as much as marriage equality? It, it was important to be seen, to be businesses, that, to have those relationships and to flourish there as, as well? Yeah, I, I, you know, when you, think, when you think about business, 
And having diverse people in businesses is really, really important. Um, people understand, and organizations nowadays, especially the Fortune 500 and Fortune 100, they understand that diverse, a diverse workforce and an inclusionary workforce forces or creates innovation. Um, because of where we are in this global economy nowadays is that we have to be able to um, recognize cultural differences. Uh, we have to be able to communicate with people with different dialects or different languages and, and, and different customs. That's the only way that this world will end up working for everyone. So, you know, when I am fortunate enough and blessed to have children, they will be learning multiple languages when they're children. So when it comes for them to be an adult, they will be able to communicate with multiple different people, different types of people around the world. Um, and so diversity, is it, it is it is evolution of the LGBT community because we have so many different talents and keys, but we have not been able to share those with the masses because we weren't welcomed. And so mm-hmm. it's very interesting to to listen to um, a lot of people and, 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 and to see what their responses are to what LGBT people create. Now, for instance, we have a lot of beautiful things in, in this culture, but really a lot of these beautiful things were created and cultivated by people who are queer or LGBTQ. So, you know, we have, you know, fashion and, and art and food and, and all these cultural mainstream things that you would not thought, you would not have thought that a queer person was behind. My partner and I uh, was speaking about the Harlem Renaissance mm. uh, and all of the art and culture and phenomenal literature that came out of that season. But there were so many queer people, black queer people, that were just just instrumental uh, and ingrained in, inside of that time. Uh, you have Zornia Hurston and and Langston Hughes and James Baldwin, all who are queer and, 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 and so authentically themselves that produce some of the best work of our time. I mm-hmm. feel like that right now is where we are in our society. History is repeating ourselves. We have so many more social justice issues that we have to fight through, and America is screaming for change. And I think when it comes to having a business aspect or a business voice on something that has honestly been neglected within the city of Detroit across multiple minority-owned minority owned sectors, which is uh, entrepreneurship, um, I think that's where we are right now, trying to put things together, trying to, to see how we can make this pie of equality and equity as big as we possibly can so all of us, can truly survive and and truly thrive in this global economy. Now, how unique is the LGBTQ chamber? I mean, are there others that you looked at, that you used as models? Um, Mm -hmm. Are there many 
represent across the country? Yes. So there's approximately about 47 other LGBT Chamber of Commerce across the country. Um, we are the largest in the state of Michigan. Uh, the largest LGBT chamber, uh, local chamber, is actually in Seattle, Washington. Uh, they have, I believe, over uh, 13, 10, about 10,000 members. That's mm. mm. huge. Um, and they have like a $1.3 million budget. We are nowhere near that at the moment, but we're trying to grow it. <laughs> and you're working it. You're working it. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're trying to grow it. You know, I'm just trying to get over uh, over hump here. Um, but, I mean, there are over 1,000 certified LGBT-owned businesses across this nation. Um, there's approximately 2,000 LGBT-owned businesses just in the state of Michigan. And it is our goal to get our message sent far and wide for everyone who is LGBT, who currently owns a business or is looking to own a business, on connecting with us so we can help grow uh, the coalition of bringing LGBT inclusive policies to all businesses across the state, um, as well as provide training for all who need them on LGBT certification, on contract bidding, on uh, supply diversity, on marketing, on uh, creating systems within your company in order to make, make sure that it's run smoothly, just-in-time inventory of your manufacturing, mm-hmm. um, consulting work for um, HR development and payroll and things of that nature. Like, these are so many different services that we can offer. We need the numbers in order to bring those, those services to, to fruition in those, in, in that, in that, in those lenses and those eyes on, on cultivating the businesses here in the state of Michigan. So we have so many great ideas and, and great things that we're currently doing, um, but we need people to be out. We need people to join mm-hmm. the chamber. We need, we need people to, to uh, sow in us so we can sow into this world, and, and, oh. and especially into the state. Okay, well, we're going to take our first break here, and I want to talk a little bit more about, about the chamber and your work there. So we will be right back. If you're just joining me, I am talking with Kevin Terrell Hurd, who is the president of the Detroit Regional LGBT Chamber of Commerce. And we'll be right back. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. back here on Collections by Michelle Brown, and we're talking with Kevin Terrell Hurd. Kevin, I at one point had met some African-American lesbian business owners, and, you know, I had mentioned 
you know, for LGBT chamber. And they were members of the chamber, but not the LGBT chamber. And their reaction to it was, first of all, that, you know, although many of us are out and proud, they didn't know if they wanted to be quite that out. And then that they felt that as, you know, they, as black women, that they were better, you know, being in this, this bigger pot than, you know, putting themselves almost like a, they, if you listen to them talk, they thought they would be taking a step backwards to put themselves in the LGBT chamber. What do you say to um, members of, the, of minority communities, and, I, and I'm sure that there are uh, Latino, there are Asian Americans, there are African Americans who are gay, who are business owners, and why, you know, should they do both? But why is it important that they take that step and join the LGBT chamber? One of the things that I am a huge advocate for is chamber memberships at all levels. So I don't blame them for wanting to just join one particular chamber. But I would definitely say that chamber memberships across the board are going to be 90% participation and 10% paying their dues. So regardless if they pay an astronomical fee for a normal chamber versus a nominal fee to our minority chamber, including ours, if they're not participating, they're not going to get those connections. So that's, that's one thing that I would definitely say. So for one, they already know that when they walk through the door at an LGBT chamber event, they're going to be welcomed. Mm-hmm. And their whole self is going to be welcomed, and that we're all here to help one another. So that's one thing to just relieve the stress of that. For one, you know, they may walk into a room at a normal chamber event, and they hide the fact that they are married, or hide the fact that they are lesbian. Well, though they can't hide the fact that they are African-American or Latino, but they definitely hide the fact that they love who they love. And, yes, they may go in there and say, yes, I'm all about talking about business. You know, my relationship at home is completely separate. You know, it's, it's Moses parting the Red Sea. I'm going to be on this side. They're going to be on that side. Does it really matter to me? But it comes to a point where you are denying people a part of you that makes you unique, that makes your business unique, that makes your marketing mm-hmm. and your perspective so unique, that you are, you are removing that uniqueness as well as those possible ideas from your actual business. So not only are you hindering yourself to truly be in your full truth, you are actually also probably hindering your business for, by not standing in it fully. So that's what I would say. You know, you can be with into whatever chamber you wish, but just know that being an, the LGBT chamber leader, we are going to accept your whole self. Why only other chambers will probably only accept you and only want to know how much revenue you bring to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I think too. You know, I see, first of all, like you said, there's strength in numbers, okay? And then there's that thing about bringing your own self because if you're walking this line and you're always trying to talk about your business and maybe your credentials but not talk, bringing your whole self, 
you're also having that moment where you're putting some energy into hiding part mm-hmm. of your life, your authentic self. And so you're not giving it 100%, where I, I can imagine that to walk into a chamber meeting as a new business, and here are people who, you know, you don't have to worry about going like, oh, by the way, I'm gay, because they know, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. or, you know, and, and you have these conversations that can really get things going and help you accomplish and do so much more that, you know, it, it's so important to me. Like, I mean, with the, the sooner that you're out to have these, these bonds and also in the business world, like you're saying, you know, yeah, you might see this now, but here there are a lot of LGBT businesses and, and it's people mm-hmm. need to recognize that. And it helps all of us move forward. There's strength in that. Yeah. Because like you said, if I'm a member of the LGBT chamber and I go in here and I get a raw deal and I come back and talk to you about it, I've got, I've got uh, quite a few people here who can, you know, well, you know, you might not know, but this person might not know, might know, or that person right. might know, or know our allies. Well, you know what the interesting thing about it is, is that uh, they see LGBT, but a lot of the people that come to our networking events are actually allies. And those are the best people to actually get to know because they are able to move and navigate into inherited or normal spaces because they are. But they are also inclusive. And if they are an ally, they are showing up actively seeking on how to help you as a person of the LGBT community. So you can you can label your business as LGBT friendly or LGBT owned or not. I would prefer you to label it as LGBT because really at the end of the day, would you want that that customer that doesn't like you at all? Mm-hmm. Like you, this person may have been coming to your to your shop for twenty years, but you put a you get a pride flag outside and they stop coming only because you're gay, but your muffins or your services have not dwindled. You've been gay all the time, but now you've said something to them uh, in, a, a sh- in a sign of support. Uh, did you really want that customer in the beginning anyway? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, is, it is interesting just to see. It is a step in a direction that people have to be prepared for. But our goal is if you're going to take that step and brand your business as an openly gay-owned or gay-friendly business, the Chamber will be here to help you and navigate that space and help you advertise. You can utilize us as a great marketing tool for you as well. We can host events at your space to bring more and interesting and new people to it as well. So it's not necessarily that you're gay and you're going to lose all your business. You may lose some bad apples, but those bad apples wasn't here for you in the first place. So you, my, whole, mm-hmm. my whole thing is be who you are, authentically you, and if you were to break that barrier, if you were to stand in your truth, your whole truth, nothing but your truth, <laughs> your business will thank you later. It truly will. And, you know, it, it also gives, you know, often allies say, what can they do? And, you know, we know that there are people who, if you ask them, they say, of course, I'm for equal rights, I believe it all. But it often gives them the opportunity to step up. You know, they might 
Well, if I hear somebody say something, then I say something back. But you know what? You could be that new customer that comes in that keeps this business going and say by your actions that you are an mm-hmm. ally 24-7. And I think that mm-hmm. that's what you also – sometimes being out gives other people the opportunity to step up and do the right thing and be yeah, true to themselves. If, yeah, if you don't see yourself just like women in film or black women winning in, in, in film or on television, you know, women mm-hmm. then black women back then – or even let's do even bigger thing. Asian women, Asian women and black women did not see themselves in mainstream media for a very long time. They didn't. It was no representation. And because we have that representation now in film, or in movies, or in sitcoms, we see more women wanting to do those types of positions. Now, do we need to amplify instead of the celebrity celebritize these roles and these these opportunities for employment, yes. We need to have more people in business who are LGBT come out and say that I've established a multi-million-dollar business and this is how I did it. I, I think storytelling is very important within our community, and that is something that our chamber is really adamant about, is being able to share people's stories on what made them start the business, how they got started, why did they decide on coming out, and what has that done for their business. And and the more and more we share these stories, the more and more we'll be able to amplify the voice of the LGBT community, the more and more that we want people to patronize these places uh, for the LGBT community. Um, You have great businesses like Detroit Vegan Soul. Uh, You have great businesses like Good Cakes and Bakes. Uh, Bricks Detroit, um, I believe Pure Vin Detroit downtown is, is uh-huh. LGBT owned as well. Um, but they, you you you're navigating these spaces, but you're 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 denying people and your clients to know something a part of you because you think it would damage your business. I don't think it would damage your business. I think Detroit specifically is yearning for change and social justice in, 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 in different types of people um, to come out um, and be proud of what they've accomplished. Detroiters are probably the most prideful people that I've ever met. And so it, it, is, it is sad to think that someone would not be willing to come out as an LGBT-owned business because they feel as though it may damage their business or their clientele. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we are in challenging times. Right now, the Equality Act has again been introduced um, to include sexual orientation and gender expression and on the Civil Rights Act. We have going before, probably going before the Supreme Court sometime soon, um, can someone be fired because they're LGBTQ? We've got a the trans community always under attack and with a ban on the military. And we have seen, like, even as you look at marriage equality and as more companies are inclusive, are fair-minded, you know, are on that HRC equality index, it has changed hearts and minds. Do you see a role for 
the LGBTQ chamber as you work with allied businesses to amplify that voice to where we can get some wins, where in all 50 states someone will, won't have to worry about being fired just because they're gay? I think one of the things that we've made it very clear, and a lot of businesses and corporations are on our side, is um, when Indiana did the REFRA, uh, the mm-hmm. Religious Freedom uh, Act in Indiana, business community reacted. And, I, and, and they reacted in such a way where they were not going to support that legislation. And I think if we were to have more, not only allied businesses, but gay-owned businesses as well, to reject that type of legislation that gives a license for people with religious beliefs to discriminate against people, uh, against LGBT folks, I think that that is where the business community can truly take their stands, especially if you are a member of the chamber. Chambers are innately, and their first and foremost goal is to advocate for businesses within their region or area. They are to look for great business policy. And right now, we all know great business policy includes diversity, inclusion, and equity work and policies within the organization, as well as great supplier diversity programs. We have to make sure that we are including everyone and accepting everyone for who they are. As long as they are not harming any person, place, or thing, they should be able and allowed to thrive in our economy, and their voices should be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is like when you stop and you see and and you look at entrepreneurs, people who could be suppliers, someone who could come up with, as they say, the better mousetrap, could be someone right there. You want these people to, to come forward and to be bringing their best selves, doing the work, you know, having businesses. Who generally, what generally brings people to the chamber? And at what stage in business are they? Do you see like budding entrepreneurs, people who have been there a long time? You know, what's the mix? Uh, interestingly enough, uh, the mix for our membership um, is mostly professionals within the area that are looking to start a business. They're interested in connecting. They're interested in networking um, with other people who are in similar fields. So, like, we had a networking event with uh, a consulting firm, and we had consultants from other firms come, try to network with them, either looking for uh, best practices for their employee resource group, or they're looking for job opportunities, or they're looking for talent because they're about to start their own consulting firm and leaving their current company. So it's a great mix of networking. Um, I would say there's a large percentage of our memberships who are actually female, which um, or identify as women, which is actually really great because, you know, Detroit is known for being 
the one of the highest growing populations for black women and specifically for opening businesses. And so it was only true, it was only not really shocking when we looked at our membership and the majority of the uh, members that are in our, uh, in our uh, database are identified as women as well. And so we were really great uh, to have not only uh, a niche organization, but a niche organization with multi-layers of intersectionality in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to our businesses, like our brick and mortars, our tech companies, the, the, the uh, other kind of service providers, real estate, tax, uh, tax consultants, uh, those people tend to be very diverse as well. Uh, we have uh, really great connections within uh, the development community. Uh, we have great connections within our LGBT nonprofit community as well. Um, so we can all be on the same page when it comes to uh, services that the that we need to start looking into in order to have more of a sowing more equity inside of our company and inside of our community. Um, so we have those services available, uh, and I'm really, really happy to be able to share that information with your listeners tonight because it's really important to understand that there are so many different types of people that make networking network, <laughs> in a sense. Uh-huh. There's so many different types of people that, you know, you can get to know and learn and meet just by coming to uh, a networking session, just to coming to a training. We're hosting a diversity and inclusion training on the 15th of May, uh, sorry, 16th of May uh, at Affirmations. So, I mean, those are great opportunities to meet different types of people um, and to really, you know, gain some more experience in this DNI space as well and, and bring those back to either your company or your small business to make sure that when you are growing and scaling your business, you can institute some of those policies. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of people, they look at Detroit and they talk about, oh, everything that's happening in Midtown and all like this. What's happening are there opportunities? And, I, and also, I mean, let's be real that you'll see, well, I know many people would say, well, if you're white and you're gay, yeah, there's plenty of opportunities. But overall, are there a lot of opportunities in southeast Michigan for, for this kind of growth in things like tech uh, and things other than restaurants and flower shops? Are there a lot of opportunities here to start a business, to be consulting with um, in Southeast Michigan, for LGBT people, regardless of your your race, and clearly, you know, women are doing it. You know, the sisters got it going down. But mm-hmm. is it is it a good place if you're for business? I think it's a great place to start your business. Um, the real estate is still pretty affordable for someone who wants mm-hmm. to acquire some type of brick and mortar or office space. The incubator spaces here are really well equipped to service any small business or startup needs. Um, the, the, the services uh, that you, you can have, the grants that you can apply for, the, the Small Business Administrative Office is really helpful. The organizations 
the free services that we work with, like the Small Business Majority uh, and SCORE, those organizations are awesome for, and they they provide really great trainings for our for our members um, as well. And so, I, this is a blank slate to say mm-hmm. the least since our bank since our bankruptcy. Um, we have to look at specific pockets and areas on uh, where we're going to, you know, grow and, you know, claim as far as our LGBT tourist area, which can definitely be done with just mm-hmm. a few snaps uh, of of people's fingers and some really great, um, really great uh, organic um, purchasing of some real estate. I think you know, we can truly create something that people will want to come and visit in the city of Detroit. And so that will be a huge business corridor. That's why the chamber started uh, mm-hmm. initially, is to find an area where we can say, this is where everyone's going to come if they're gay and visiting Detroit mm-hmm. or gay and moving to Detroit. This is where they're going to want to live. This is where they want to want to do. And Interestingly enough, I looked at the Pistons game the other day, and I ran into, and people may be shocked at this, but I ran into the gentleman who was running for Senate. Uh, his name was, I think, John James at the Pistons game. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The black Republican mm-hmm. guy. Uh, and he he was, I introduced myself as the chamber leader. Uh, mm-hmm. for the LGBT community. And what I thought was going to happen did not happen. I thought he was going to shake my hand and just walk away, you know. But he engaged in about a 20, 40-minute conversation during the third quarter when the Pistons were actually up at that moment. <laughs> um, right now, man. <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. We engaged in the conversation um, about business policy and why so many people vote uh, with one party who are gay or black. And I laid it out to him. I, I just said, we don't see the representation within our culture. Some of the policies do not help us. Um, there is such a, it's a larger capitalist society when it comes to the Republican Party. And I don't subscribe to either one. But I'm just saying that this is from outside looking in. This is what I see. The thoughts are with both of the parties. Um, but I was really shocked when he said, um, when he was speaking about, well, as soon as people see this R next to my name, they immediately shun me off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, okay, well, that's unfortunate that they do that. They, they, they should look at people's policies, policy by policy. But some people definitely wrote down, write and vote down, Democrat, uh, write down party lines, which people, that's the people's right to do. He was saying that, you know, there were, he, and this, he made one valid point, and I, I'm just going to, you know, put this out there for people. He did say that if one party is basically guaranteed 90% of uh, a demographic vote, then why do they have to work any harder in getting that vote? Why, why do they have to follow up on those promises after almost guarantee, being guaranteed those votes? And that did 
spark some conversation of some thoughts in my mind. But my thing is, is then what is your messaging and pull them over? Like what is, what is, how do you navigate those spaces and bring people to start listening to your message? Um, but I had a really great conversation with that with 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 him, um, which was interesting enough because I thought it was going to be such a short conversation as soon as I said LGBT. But he was really interested in hearing what I had to say, mm-hmm. so I wanted to give him uh, send him a thank you via this blog has about mm-hmm. you know his interest in actually having a, a conversation and actively listening to what I had to say. Well, you know, and I think that it's interesting because I have, you know, I know I have friends all over, and I know people who live in other states who would say, you know, that a lot of what they think of as far as business-wise, and they're African-American and gay, you know, it you would say it's more conservative-leaning and stuff, but like you said, there's some issues that they don't, but they don't even want to say, you know, I, I think about that. And to have a a place, you know, hopefully not at the, at the Pistons game, you know, during, when they're winning, but to, to be able to have those type of discussions so that, you know, we can hear both sides, you know, like, well, what is this? What are you talking about? You know, well, why don't you represent mm-hmm. this? Well, why are they doing it? We need to have places where we can have these discussions without getting all mad at each other, you know, or, or just sort of say, man, get out of here, you got that R after your name, but the place where you can have that conversation so that we can make decisions based on critical thinking, not just by ideology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And open and honest conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think one of the biggest things that we don't do as a society right now because of the divisiveness uh, that we are in um, is we don't listen. We don't, as soon as we see, hear something we don't agree with, we close ourselves off instead of honestly trying to see where they're coming from. And I think that's where you separate the persons who are intelligent versus the people who are um, just focused on their initiative. Um, like, you know, that's, you know, and algorithms within the EIT field has only only exacerbated this type of partisanship across the entire world. You know, you know when you when you watch one video, YouTube recommends other videos that are very similar, and you just get into this rabbit hole of watching all these videos that you agree with instead of watching videos that you necessarily don't agree with, but one mm-hmm. of or but should see that side of things. Um, and I think that that's that's one of the things about business that the chamber can really put forward. Like honestly, there are policies that benefit businesses, but there are also policies that benefit humans. And I always am one of those types of people. If a policy benefits humans or people before a business, you should always go with that policy. You should always go with the policy that benefits the most people. People do not vote for the common good of America or the world. They vote for their personal um, growth, not necessarily for the good of people. If there is something, and I think, you know, I think that's that's another total conversation that we can have on a different day about uh, who should vote and how to vote. Um, but I think 
the most important thing is for everyone to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what it is. I think that it's really important. And I think that, that that says something not only about you, but by having your tribe, okay? Um, when you have your tribe, when you, when you know that you're part of something bigger than just you on your own, if you can, when you have, you know you're a member of, of the chamber and you know what the chamber says for, I think that that will in, in some ways can empower not just you but others, you know, to sort of say, I'm, you know, hi, I'm Michelle Brown and I'm with the chamber. I'm, you know, and even though you said you were, you know, prepared for it to be something brief and not, you look what you got out of it, you know, and mm-hmm. possibly, you know, he's sitting there now maybe having a moment to think about how do I change my thought. And if we don't have conversations, none of it, we're going to stay stuck in these silos. And it's just, you know, we have to move on beyond that. We're going to take our second break, and you have an event coming up I want to talk about, and just talk to you some more. So we'll be right back. I'm talking with Kevin Terrell Hurd of the Detroit LGBT Chamber of Commerce. We'll be right back. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. Back here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Now, Kevin, very soon, in June, in -hmm. partnership with Ford Globe, you're going to host with them their 25th anniversary dinner. Now, Ford Globe, I mean, has been around, I mean, for a long time. Um, It's a place for their employees who are LGBTQ. It's their group. I mean, I know that Often over the period of time that I've done things with Jan and Susan, even politically, one of the groups I was often who stepped up was Ford Globe. How did this partnership come about to do this 25th anniversary dinner? Well, great question. Thank you for um, speaking on this event. It is going to be the Chamber's first inaugural dinner, sit-down dinner. Um, we've been growing um, our membership and trying to grow um, to to finally reach this place um, where we can give uh, you know a thank you to all of our members and our corporate partners and truly celebrate equality and equity within the southeastern region of Michigan. Um, it came about by us hosting a, a holiday party at Corktown Health Center, um, who also has an event um, on May 10th that everyone should definitely go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and our chamber members do get a discount to go to that one as well. Um, 
but we are we were approached by Bill Peters, who is the chair of Fort Globe, um, and saying that we are turning 25. We want to do this real big party, um, this dinner, and we want the chamber to help us. We want the chamber to be a, a part of it. Uh, we want the chamber to host it with us and 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 help us uh, get people there and speak and. Uh, we want to honor someone. We're just not sure who, and um, and we want to tell the history of our organization. And so uh, Jan and I, we sat down with Bill. We hashed out some great ideas, and Jan, and Jan and I was like, well, you know, Alan Gilmore worked for Ford Motor Company for a number mm-hmm. of years. I mean, he was mm-hmm. the highest-ranking LGBT mm-hmm. uh, executive in the entire United States. Um, in the early 90s, uh, and we should definitely honor him, uh, and especially since his name had carried so much weight uh, within the region, um, people will love to finally honor Alan Gilmore. Um, being that he was a business professional, it's only right that a business organization, a business nonprofit, honors him and then gives him and honors him with an inaugural award that we will be providing each and every year we do this dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, Alan Gilmore is a phenomenal individual. I've known him, I mean, back from when we had an HRC steering committee, when there was things, he was often behind the scenes doing things. He made himself, his name. I mean, I can recall doing an ask for him, and what he said is, what I can do, which is more important, is I can talk to X number of my friends. I mean, phenomenal human being, simply phenomenal human being. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so we have so we have that happening, which will happen pretty much in the beginning of our program. Um, but we do we have a phenomenal speaker by the name of Wade Davis, and he was a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. I have come to find out. Uh, he is a former NFL player. Uh, he is now out and married, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he is a person of African-American descent. Uh, and he definitely is a great uh, consultant in the diversity and inclusion space. Uh, he does that now on a day-to-day basis. He helps businesses and organizations gain more knowledge about um, how to ingrain uh, LGBT folks and uh, people of color in a great system on how to build their business in the, in the case of diversity for their business and how to cultivate that hiring and talent pool. Um, so he's going to he's going to bless us with a thirty minute uh, a speech on on some amazing topics um, mm-hmm. for all of us to be able to check ourselves on. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I'm really I could, excited about that. And I'll tell you, when I met Wade Davis, okay, he came to speak on the south side of Chicago for a Black LGBT organization. But what was so phenomenal was some of his former white teammates came just to show him love and support. Mm. I mean, that says a lot about how you stand in your truth. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I mean, you know, 
Ari, so when I, when I, in fact, when I saw that, I was like, yes, because I know that, that you know, his, he, is, he is a phenomenal speaker, but I, that's something that I'll never forget because, you know, here we are, like I said, outside of Chicago, these, I gotta say, it was three or four big guys, white guys, come walking, everybody's still like, look like, well, who are they? <laughs> <laughs> and they were friendly. Yes. Isn't that amazing? That is just like so amazing. You know? It is amazing. It is. And, you know, one of the greatest things that we have as well is we just solidified Brian Abel um, from Channel 7 WXYZ to host the entire evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, meeting him at a New Year's Eve party this past year, um, him and his wife are just super excited. They were the nicest people um, at that party this e- this past uh, year. Um, and he was absolutely ecstatic when we uh, send out the request just to have him host. And so he will also be there as well. Um, just really humbled by the response. Our VIP reception is completely sold out. The mm-hmm. only people that are eligible to get in um, at the last minute are indiv- individuals that buy purchase school tables or above. And so we are really excited that um, VIP uh, reception is hosted by uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka. Uh, mm. And, yes, Tito's mm-hmm. as well as uh, Henry Ford Health Systems, they are our silver sponsors for the evening, and they are the hosts of the VIP receptions. We will have two complimentary cocktails um, available for VIPs as well as some really great heavy hors d'oeuvres. And so, you know, you will get fed before you get fed. Uh, not mm-hmm. only would you get your bellies full, but during the speeches and the and the program, you'll also get your mind full of really great content um, that you can't get anywhere else. So we're really excited about that, that the flow of the events for the evening. I mean, you know, I mean, and I when I saw that too, I was like, you know, that is wonderful. I mean, and it takes it where it's like reaching beyond just a Ford Globe. You're bringing in the chamber and bringing in a nice mesh of people to come mm-hmm. in for a really great event, a really oh, yeah. great event. And hopefully, now how many members are there in the chamber now? There is approximately, there is about 80 members of the chamber. Um, of those are just uh, professionals and businesses. And then as far as our employee research groups, we count those um, as members from our corporate partners. So each corporate partner, when they sign on, they give us the, the amount of um, members within their LGBT ERG, and that has actually um, went up to around 160 additional folks that are also able to get membership uh, membership benefits for the chamber as well. So we're looking at close to like 300 people um, that are members to our chamber um, that also have access to our trainings, our uh, member discount pricing for our events, um, as well as uh, really great uh, networking sessions as well. Okay. Now, you know, this is, this is the, as I said, the granddaddy of your events for the year. But like you said, you were at the Pistons game. I know you do, um, it's a baseball game, Tigers. I mean, yes. you, you're at all of these different things where you're out, you know, like here we are. The chamber, come on out and do these things. Not only did go do these, because, you know, like I said, you had a 20-minute conversation at a Pistons game with someone. 
this is going to happen while you're out and about. So it's not just like pay your money and maybe come to something. It's like you guys do some fun things. Yes, we do fun things, but we also make sure that they understand that, you know, every place you go, regardless if you go to dinner or you go to a Pistons or a Tigers game, you can make a business connection everywhere you go. Um, being a corporate American and, and uh, used to being in advertising sales, what we used to do with a lot of our advertisers, we used to take them out to a Pistons or a Tigers game to get to know them better. And I think this is just another avenue to say, hey, you guys are a great supplier of ours. Let's go out to this game. It's a part of my identity. It's a part of our identity. We are, we are, we are supporting the LGBT inclusion, um, and we want to really do something for you. So people can utilize these events as they see fit, as it as it be just an ERG outing, or it can be a a business uh, outing of some sort. You you know get to know your clients a little bit more, or it could just be a fun activity with the family. It, it's really where where we wanted to we wanted to show that business can happen anywhere you are, and LGBT people are everywhere. And so regardless of where you are or who you are, you can be welcome into these, um, th- these spaces because you all belong in these spaces. And so the partnership with, with the Pistons this past March um, was absolutely phenomenal. I rave about their advertising their, their sales department. I, I, I rave about the community relations department, the their team handler department. I mean, they are by far. They they wanted to make sure that it everything went as smoothly as possible. That we were completely happy with the event, and that we gave some really great awareness to some nonprofits that do amazing work in the city as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the thing too. It's like how you talk about you can have business. Business doesn't take away from people, but business can, you know, you look at how business is doing it. And you, the chamber supports a lot of the nonprofits who are, who are doing that social, that, that different type of social justice work that, that, the, that you're not doing. You know, you're doing the business in which, well, I mean, I, I think they're providing a future for people, entrep- developing entrepreneurs, building a business community that they can go hire people and bring up the next level of entrepreneurs is social justice work too. But you know, oh, yeah. support, affirmations, um, LGBT Detroit. I mean, you're out there helping each. Yeah. And, the, you know, the beautiful thing about Southeastern Michigan and just being in this geographical location is that we truly, as LGBTQ social services and, and organizations are concerned, we really do have cradle-to-care services. We have services that will help you find a child to adopt um, if you're LGBT, um, as, as well as if there is homeless youth, all the way up to hospice care or L, uh, senior care um, when someone is older. And so we have these events um, and these opportunities uh, in these services for our LGBT community all the time uh, within the Southeast region. Um, but what was missing for a very long time was that business aspect. The business aspect, uh, rather you are an employee or employer, uh, the chamber will really be with you the majority of your life. Um, once you hit 18 and you are an adult, 
you know, adulting comes, <laughs> adulting <laughs> happens, you know, mm-hmm. bills start coming, uh, responsibilities are thrown on you that you never really knew. Um, people, you know, it's crazy to me that people don't know what an amortization, amortization table is mm-hmm. um, until they start looking at the back of their mortgage and seeing, oh, is this how much interest I'm actually paying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so one of the things that the chamber is looking to do is finding some people who are um, are key, who are knowledgeable about these quote-unquote adulting things that um, people have to be aware of when they are adult and help our, help our, not only our youth that are coming into those ages, but also our current adults that are, looking to buy their first home or looking to um, looking to uh, finance a vehicle or open a business or buy land or build a home. Like these are like people that we would need to, we would love to partner with and contract with in order to do new and great things um, and, 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 and for our members to gain even more value. Um, so, yeah, Michigan, we we have some cradle-to-care services when it comes to the LGBT community. We need to, for one, get our names out there to make sure that people understand that. Um, but then we also need to make sure that we know that the chamber is going to be here for the majority of your life and that you can you need to utilize our services um, as much as possible um, and to become members of the organization so we can continue to provide those services not only to yourself but to other people within your family, your friends, and your circle, your circle of associates. So, you know, we talked about the dinner being right around the corner, and I would say to anybody who hasn't gotten their ticket, you better go get it today. <laughs> go get it. As soon as you hear this, go get your ticket because I believe this is going to be, like, just totally sold out, and I am so excited about that, you know. And, you know, it's a different thing for us to go to, to, to. I like it when we dress up and we go places and, and we celebrate <laughs> and we're around each other and we see each other and we, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I mean, that, and it, it's important that other people see, see that, you know, that mm-hmm. we're here, we're alive, we're, we're prospering, we're not, you know, yeah, there are challenges, but we can thrive in this command and here's an organization and a group that you can be a part of to help you thrive and reach your your goals, like you said, you know, and whatever part of life that you're at. Now, in order to, okay, first of all, if someone wants to become a member of the chamber, what do they do? In order to become a member of a chamber is very simple. We have an online application. Um, If you go to Detroit, lgbtchamber.com slash join. You can look up all the membership benefits uh, for our Small Business Basic and Small Business Plus as well as our professional memberships. Professional memberships start at $100 um, and it goes up from there. And it's only a yearly uh, membership fee. So you pay $100 for the entire year. You are automatically um, uh, sent an invoice a year later um, if you would like to join again um, on your anniversary date. So um, mm. benefits start as soon as you sign up. Um, and then one of the great things about the benefit of the small business membership um, is that when you sign up as a small business member, 
LGBT business certification um, automatically comes with that as far as the application process goes. So normally there is a, there is a fee on a national level for your LGBT certification, but because you are already a member of the local chamber, those national fees are waived. So that is an incentive to go about getting your national fees waived and becoming a local member. So once you become a LGBT certified business, not only will you receive local member benefits, but also national member benefits as well because it's a national certification. Mm. And so you go to DetroitLGBTChamber.com slash join, and you'll be able to see the member benefits for those two levels. Now, if there's any corporations listening that want to understand about corporate partner memberships, then they can directly email me at kherd, that's H-E-A-R-D, at DetroitLGBTChamber.com, and I will send you guys over the uh, corporate deck, which will have all of our LGBT sponsorship levels, um, as well as some of the highlighted programs that we talked about tonight um, um, inside of that as well. And it speaks to specifically about the importance of LGBT certification and how our local chamber are the boots in the ground searching for more LGBT suppliers to help build your business suppliership. Now I'm looking at it now, and, and um, yeah, you're driving along on the people mover. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was me. I did that. I, 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 oh, I did really? that. I did that. Uh-huh. I did that video. I was I was I was telling I was telling our, our web developer because we re- just did a rebranding, um, l- I think uh, last year, um, and uh, I wanted something to move on our site, but I wanted it to be authentically Detroit. And driving your car and trying to video moving without <laughs> you know I couldn't do that it's illegal for one, so I decided to take my camera and go on the people mover and to find the best 10 to 15 seconds of video that I took <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and put that on the back of the backsplash. Because one of the things that I wanted to make sure that when we re- redesigned our website is that one of the quotes that I live by is not necess- it's that success isn't standing still. You know, you have to move forward. You have to keep moving in order to reach up to success because Successful people are not just sitting there and, you know, lollygagging around and listening to audiobooks, you know, or drinking yeah. coffee. They mm-hmm. are grinding each and every day. Um, and they are forward-looking. And that's what I really wanted to make sure people understand about this chamber is that we are always forward-looking, looking for the next best thing, looking for the next best training, uh, looking for the next best practices, um, creating some best practices ourselves, you know. So we are always an evolution chamber. Uh, chamber. We are always going to be growing. Um, and yeah, our, our website. I'm really happy about our website. When I uh, did our consultation from an LGBT Black owned uh, website developer, his name is Shad Bowens. Uh, he he is absolutely amazing at what he does. Um, I said, I don't know how to explain it, but don't think this is rude. But I want when people look at my website, I want them to think, I want them to think corporate sexy, 
and he got yeah. it like, uh-huh. perfectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I think that one of the other things, and I think about why you're talking about your battle, but you know what? The other thing about people who are successful, and, you know, you stumble. But it seems to me that if you're part of the chamber, you can stumble. But instead of people, you know, standing around or or looking the other way or maybe snickering, you're surrounded by people who have also stumbled and who are going to put their hand out and say, okay, come on, we've got to keep moving. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and that that is... so important, you know. That yeah. is really so important. Yeah. Just going, just just going to a simple saying that my mom used to say all the time: "There's nothing to a failure but a try." Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and we have to try and try and try again. You may fall seven times, but the most important thing is that you get up eight. Um, That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin, um, I mean, okay, so we've got the dinner. Um, on the website, I see that you have featured events because I know that you often have events that are coming, and I know that if someone joins, they'll hear about it. Um, mm-hmm. You've told how they can join through the website. Um, I am hoping that people will not only show up at the dinner, they'll take a moment to join and at least contact with you because, you know, you're not standing still. You're moving forward, and you're not sitting back on your laurels. You're always looking for the next place to go, the next mountain to climb to help us all get to that, as they say, to the mountaintop and building diversity and inclusion. But not just, you know, as secondhand citizens. You know, we Mm -hmm. are valuable members of the community and the community at large is better when we're all at the table. So I want to thank you for the work that you're doing and for being with me tonight. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And, you know, tickets are still on sale. People can still get them. They can go directly to our website, DetroitLGBTChamber.com slash Ford, F-O-R-D, 25, and that's 2-5. Okay, Ford, 25. Well, I will see you there. Um, Look forward to (laughs) seeing We are so fortunate. I think that's the other thing about being a part of this community, that when you walk into these spaces, it's like there's your family. You know, we always say we're Mm -hmm. family, but it really is like it's family. It's like, oh, hey, here, here, here. And um, that's what you're doing here at at the Detroit Regional LGBT Chamber of Commerce. And I'm very proud of you. Thank you again for tonight. well, thank you so much, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time and you being a freedom fighter that you are as well. Um, just so, such a humble and a wonderful lady, and I'm so grateful to be speaking to you tonight, uh, Michelle. Just amazing. Thank you. Okay. Well, look, you have a good evening. I know you had a long day. Go out, and what is <laughs> it? what did you say you millennials do? Play foosball and listen to uh, what is that? I don't Audio do book? that. <laughs> I am going to go home and take a nice bath in my nice new Dove body polish that I just bought from Sam's Club the other day. Good for you. Good for you. Okay, well, then, if I don't talk to you before then, I will see you June 6th. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank today's guest, Kevin Terrell Hurd, president of the Detroit Regional LGBT Chamber of Commerce. 
in partnership with the Chamber, Ford Globe is hosting their 25th anniversary dinner on Thursday, June 6, 2019 at the Dearborn Inn. The night will feature keynote speaker, activist, writer, educator, and former professional football player, Wade Davis. Be sure and follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future show. You can listen to this or past episodes of a show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening.